Greetings, everyone, and welcome once again to the Traveling Pulpit. I am Vernon Sheridan, pastor of this podcast, and I want to personally thank you for listening today. I have a question. What is truth? You know, if you ask 100 people what is truth, you're going to get 100 different answers. And I believe that everyone would answer in a way that the truth made sense to them. Well, if you go into the Bible, the Bible itself is truth. The entire Bible is truth. There is no lie or no contradiction whatsoever in the Bible. I know people will will say uh, man wrote it, but man was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write it, which means that man was under the influence of God himself when he wrote it. So it is impossible for God to contradict himself. It is impossible for God to lie. It is impossible for God not to tell the truth. But here we see in Genesis where all things began and where all things make sense. Man was told by God after his creation that he had free range of every square mile of the Garden of Eden, every square inch, every cubic feet, he had responsibility, he had authority. But man, when woman was made, though he though he did his due diligence in telling her what the truth at that time that has not changed. From that time nor this time, he told her the truth. But when the serpent came, he asked her a truthful question, but it it was in lying fashion. You see, the serpent asked the woman, did God actually say? Now, we can have a major discussion about this. Why didn't he ask the man? Why did he have to ask the woman? Why did he exist at all? He exists because he is God's enemy. And anyone who is for God, he persuades to go against God. So the truth is a battle that has been going on for the ages. He asked the woman, did God actually say? And do you know, in 2019, each and every one of us on this earth is still faced with this question when it comes to the truth. Did God actually say? Don't just think that because it's written in Genesis 3 and 1, that it is not written in the minds of men, in the hearts of mankind in 2019, because this is still going on to this day. Did God actually say? Well, let's find out what God did actually say. And let's look at God in human form over in John 18. And let's begin at verse 36. If you have your Bibles or get your Bibles when you get home, wherever you are and you can get to a Bible. I want you to go to John chapter 18 and verse 36 and let's see God in the flesh in action. Jesus is now being tried 
and being set up for murder by his own people, the Jews. Now, don't think just because I said the Jews doesn't mean that you're not his people because his people involve Jew and Gentile. Because even though Jesus came for the house of Israel, when he was rejected, he had to accept those who would accept him. Remember the woman at the well? He had to accept those that would accept him. But in order for him to accept us, we had to accept him and believe in him first. Because no one who is uninvited will come to an event that you have. Now, I may be getting off course and I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to stay on course, but I'm just saying the only way Jesus will, will come through your heart, will come through your door is unless he is invited. But here we go into John chapter 18, verse 36. Jesus is on, he is on, I guess, arraignment. He's been arrested, but he's in, he's in the arraignment stage and he meets with the governor Pilate. And after a series of questions, which neither man got an answer to because they kept asking each other question after question, Jesus answered him with this in verse 36. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I may not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of this world. That there alone is a statement of truth. Jesus's kingdom is not of this world. However, if it had been, his servants would be fighting. Well, what what does that make us? We who are believers, are we not servants? If we say we believe, did we not come unto, unto servanthood to serve the Lord in this world? Then why are we not fighting? Then why are we, when the truth is put on trial, why are we not standing up for God's word in the courtroom, in the classroom, in the grocery store, no matter where we are, why are we not fighting? We say that we are his servants. We say that, that we are a part of his kingdom. But when it comes down to it and the truth is, it, it should be spoken. Why do we dumb down? Why do we fall back? Why do we tuck tail and run or cower behind a name on our plaque? Why do we do that? So Pilate asked him in verse 37. So you are a king. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king for this purpose. I was born and have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, what is truth? The truth is in God's word. You want to know what truth is real quick? Here is, here is the truth. Here's the truth. Romans 10 and nine, 10 and nine. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is truth. That is truth. Paul, who is a preacher of the gospel, was also like people of the world, a non-believer, someone who who decided to take upon himself 
to do for God what he thought God couldn't do for himself and try to bring those people to the truth. But in doing so, he himself was brought to the truth so that when he became a part of what the true truth is, he went into the classroom, he went into the the courtroom, he went into the temple and he spoke the truth. He did not sit back with a gavel in his hand and cow down to no one else. No, he spoke the truth. You see, the truth is an ageless quest that our Lord and Savior has already proclaimed. When Solomon said that there is nothing new under the sun, that has to be one of the most accurate statements in human history. Why? Because people have been searching for the truth longer than the children of Israel has searched for the promised land. We all know the truth, but some have chosen to ignore it and to live the type of lifestyle they believe is freeing and independent. They want nothing to do with the truth. So in doing so, they close their ears to the truth. They harden their hearts to the truth and they live the way they believe they ought to live. Telling God to get out of my life. Telling God to leave me alone. Mm -hmm. Telling God that I don't want you. God says, if that's the way you want it, but I will be here when, until, or when you're ready to turn. In fact, Romans 12 and one teaches us this for, although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but became futile in their thinking and foolish and their foolish hearts were darkened. See what I'm saying? There are people who know the truth, who have been exposed to the truth, but have chosen to deny the truth. Every single day we we awake that God gives us breath to wake up with. The truth is on trial somewhere in the world. Someone is going to be tested for the truth they say they have, and some have lost their heads over it. But it did not take away the fact that the truth was in their heart. It was in their tongue and they lived their life by it. For God, we live for God, we die. But the truth will be the truth. Others have questioned the existence of God Almighty. And they have said that they won't believe atheists all over. They have this they they, they have this sense of what they already know because of what they don't believe, but yet they want to blame all the world's problems on someone they say they don't believe in. That doesn't make very, very good sense to me, but if they knew or if they know so much about who they say they don't believe in, why don't they come up with a solution to the world's problems? Why don't they stop the doctor from, from going in to, to uh, perform an abortion? Why don't they go into the gun shop and tell the owner not to do this because this will happen if you do this? Why don't they go into the, 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 the schools or the courtrooms or the classrooms? Why don't they do those things? Because they believe, but they choose not to. 
claiming to be wise. Romans 1.22 tells us claiming to be wise. They became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. And here's what God did because of that. In Romans 1.26, God gave them over to dishonorable passions. Women giving up natural relations for women. Men likewise giving up natural relations from women to be with men. Consumed with their passions for one another, committing shameless acts. Men receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. No, you're not supposed to be doing these things. If a man wants to have sex with another man, what good is that? It goes against everything that God's, that God's law has already established. If a woman lays with a woman, what good is that? Where is procreation in that? We were told to be fruitful and multiply. But what we have done is we have we have invented abortion and we have invented uh, rights that alienate the constitution of man. Man himself has done it. You see, if a man is not leading. No one else will lead. See, you have someone right now who is not doing any good to anyone, but making a mockery of everything that he opens his mouth for. But yet and still, he's doing a good job. He's doing a great job. He's saving this and he's preventing that. But yet and still, you still have people out here who believe that what they are doing is right. You see, when the head catch the cold, the body gets sick. Romans one twenty eight says this, and I'll be done. And it attains to everyone, not just one type of person, not just single out just one group of people, but to everyone this falls upon. God said, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them over to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They were full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, mal mal maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent. Haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, heart, faithless, heartless, ruthless. They know they though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. But because of God's grace. Because of his mercy, because Christ had that conversation with Pilate and would later go on to be crucified for the sins of the world. Paul writes this Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10, 10. 
For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. That is the truth. That is your opportunity that is offered to you today. You don't get a tomorrow because a tomorrow is not promised. You don't get it yesterday because yesterday is gone. It will never come again and you will never see it again. But what you have is today. What you have is right now. And I know a lot of people may be turned off by this message. I know it may not make a lot of sense to a lot of people, but a lot of people are without truth. They are without truth. And if you are searching for truth, it starts here. It starts right here that we are sinners. We are fallen creatures. But without the grace of God, we are hopeless. Even me, we are hopeless. But thanks be to God that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever may believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I wake up every day with the renewal and the thankfulness to say, thank you, Jesus, for dying in my place, because I could not handle the truth if it was shown to my face. I could not handle that. Though my sin is deep and carry a lot of weight. It was lifted upon, it was lifted off upon me the day they put the nails in his hand and feet and stabbed him in his side. Though I was not even born yet. Though I was not even thought of, I was not even in the generation to come. He thought of me. He thought enough of me to say, I'm going to do this for him. And he thought enough of you to say, I'm going to do this for you. So today is your opportunity to turn from the dark side into his marvelous light. And I say turn so you don't burn. Now for some, I pray this message will reach. But the truth of the matter is some people won't even listen to this message. Some people may start off listening to it and find out what its content is. We'll turn it off. But I hope that is not you. And I hope that you will listen and you will share with others because the truth will make us free. The truth will change us. The truth will turn us around. It will turn us from from becoming the beast of the world that we have in that that we intend to be because of darkness. But coming into the light, it will make us into the Christians, into the little Christ that we are meant to be. You have a choice today. And I pray that whoever listens to this podcast will be making the right right choice and the right decision to live for Christ and not for this world. Though we live in this world, if we live in this world with Christ, we are no longer a part of the world. But we are in Christ while we are in the world and we know the truth. So we know that persecution will come. We know that trials and tribulations will come, but we will take good heart and glad joy and great cheer, knowing that he's overcome the world. And if he is in us, then we will do the same, knowing that the world cannot touch us because what the world didn't give us, the world can't take from us. So I want to thank you once again for listening to this episode of the Traveling Pulpit Podcast. Join me this Wednesday for Refuel and Recharge. 
I hope that you have a great rest of your evening. I hope that you have a great Labor Day, your day off, burgers, barbecue, hot dogs. I hope you enjoy your family, enjoy your friends, enjoy your neighbors. And I hope and pray that we can do this on next Sunday. Let's pray and be dismissed. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Hey guys, I love you. You know this. You can always reach me, the traveling pulpit at gmail.com. You reach out, I'll reach back. I, I, I do this. This is me. This is what I do. And I'm here for you. Uh, I love you. You take care. Re Wednesday, refuel and recharge. And next Sunday, we'll be doing this all over again. I love you. Bye now.